There is no need or necessity to believe in extraterrestrials unless we translate or define what an extraterrestrial is is a mystery worker, an angel who materializes themselves for a brief moment or two to perform a service to a human who needs it, and then just as quickly dematerializes themselves. Um, they're the only extraterrestrials there are, if you can call them that, because they don't exist in the physical plane normally. They don't need to. But in order to explain UFOs, it's totally impossible and not even relevant. What's relevant is the fire, the arson to hide the theft of Tesla technology in 1895, his lab burned down. Two years after Thomas Comerford Martin wrote, well, excuse me, one year after Thomas Comerford Martin wrote a book entitled The Lectures, Inventions, and Writings of Nikola Tesla, uh, that came out in 1894. The fire was in 1895. The demonstration of many of those inventions was in 1893 at the Chicago Fair um, in the Agricultural Building. And Thomas Comerford was one of the electrical engineers present. And the fire, <coughs> or the arse... <coughs> Basically, somebody stole Tesla's technology and hid the theft with arson. And it ended up in the hands of the Germans 50... <coughs> Sorry. 50 years later. And they didn't know what to do with a lot of it. So they sent Werner von Braun over to New Mexico to chat with Tesla between the years of 36 and 38. And he trained them as best he could. Um, because nobody really listened to Tesla until word got back from the front of all this weird stuff happening. And then uh, our government took Tesla seriously and waited on the floor of his hotel for him to die because they didn't want anybody else to get a hold of his papers. But uh, no, up to that point, nobody took him seriously. They thought it was a crackpot. Uh, World War One. he uh, boasted, uh, he sent letters to government in Washington, hey, come on, you know, uh, we can be invincible, no one need attack us and get away with it. And nobody believed him, nobody uh, listened to him at all. But Operation Paperclip was designed to bring over the Nazi scientists and the technology that they possessed, much of which was taken from Tesla. When Rommel was uh, looking for oil in the Libyan desert, he, that was his cover story. He was testing the neutron bomb. <clears throat> the Hindenburg uh, disaster was a bunch of PR. It was a setup to make it look like dirigibles was a waste of time when in reality the, uh, the Nazi Germans were converting them over to transport vehicles because they were very big. You can fit tanks inside of them, whole divisions of, of the army and neutralize inertia and then it doesn't matter what how much weight you stuff in there because the weight won't matter anymore and then you can quickly and easily move your troops around the planet in a twinkling of the eye. Patton saw all of these assembly lines of new technologies that were about to be put in the field had we waited three weeks to storm the beaches of Normandy, the outcome would have been totally different. But as it turned out, as luck went in our favor, all of this latest technology did not get deployed in time to make the war effort much more difficult than it actually 
was. It was bad enough as it was. The, um, so the Nazis had anti-gravity craft. Unfortunately, the electrostatic field that they create self-detonated the artillery they put on board. And so they had to develop the so-called Star Wars technology, and that took them time. And they didn't have it deployed in time for the war efforts. So they lost that front. They did install Tesla's special generator, which Thomas Comerford Martin devotes the last entry, the last chapter of his book, to Tesla's special generator. And it made it possible to recharge the batteries of an electro-U-boat without having to surface to do it. Normally, they'd have to surface, run their diesel-fired generators, but come under attack. And with a special generator, it was run off of compressed air, which was decompressed, flash-distilled from liquid air stored in tanks. And the reciprocating piston driving the solenoid um, um, electromagnet need only reciprocate a sixteenth of an inch, and it reciprocated at the rate of 80 cycles per second. And the two horseshoe magnet, the iron core magnets whose feet faced each other in Tesla's special generator had a winding length of 50 miles of wire. And he wasn't about to pick up where he left off after the fire. He just went off on another bunch of tangents and left those technologies alone for development. So we never got to see them commercially developed for that reason. Um, But he had a reciprocating uh, rod in between the feet, the four feet of those two horseshoe core um, coils. And it... Um, it's a phenomenal device in, in itself because when magnetically coupled to the floor of the electro-U-boat, the hull, the iron mass added horsepower in as much as for every 200 pounds of that hull, one horsepower was increased at the output of this special generator. Now, it when that's the, the quote that William Lyne cites Tesla, but if not, Tesla left out a very important portion of that quote, and and William Lyne does not know this. He's now deceased. He didn't know. It's just not, you just don't throw a glob of iron and attach it to the special generator. It has to have surface area, and that surface area has to be curled around on top of itself to create inductance. And so you've got two types of surface area. One is inductivity, and the other is capacitive in nature. And between those two surface areas, now we're talking about, yeah, 200 pounds of iron, and now it means something. Otherwise, it doesn't mean a damn thing. Yet, that gives it the extra output somehow. It does something to the operation of the device to improve its performance and literally, uh, the sky's the limit. You know, it all depends how big the hull of your vessel is. <laughs> you know, how much surface area it, it possesses. Is the hull honeycombed, you know, or is it solid iron? I mean, because surface area is going to matter. Um, anyway, you don't need <clears throat> to explain the cover-up of technology with, oh, it's aliens. Uh, that's a bunch of hooey that's really not very imaginative when you think about it. 
Tesla literally had the, the idea of the neutralization of gravity worked out in his head while he was still a student going to university. By 1894, he had a working model, and he would take little trips out of his lab. Um, you know, he used to have a lab up above, you know, let's say it was the 14th floor of some hotel. It wasn't on the ground floor. And so he'd tootle out through one of the windows when it was completely pitch black, dark at night, probably on a new moon night, and nobody was the wiser. Now, I looked up... Uh, 10 years ago for articles in various ancient magazines or newspapers dating from 100 years ago or more in which I was looking for a potbelly stove made entirely of aluminum because I knew if I could find one large enough for a man to fit into like the size of Nikola Tesla who was no shrimp it would explain the story that we have that he already had a working model and they do they do exist i can't find them anymore but 10 years ago i did find ads for for potbelly stoves entirely made out of aluminum there cannot be any iron in them in order to operate because it's paramagnetism you, you you're going to want to export all of your voltage and magnetism in order to create a field of neutralization according to William Line and according to Wilhelm Reich who brought a UFO down to the ground by neutralizing the electrostatic cloud that surrounded it by creating an ionic channel of air molecules between the cloud and the earth ground neutral or excuse me earth ground negative to neutralize the positive charge that was surrounding that UFO <clears throat> and he brought it down to the ground he immediately ran to the scene thinking oh I'm a doctor I gotta heal and save lives it turns out the army uh, showed up at the same time, arrested him, put him in jail on what charge? I don't know. Uh, it was a felonious charge. Uh, excuse me. It was a felony charge that they indicted him with. And just before he was about to be released from his prison term, a prison inmate kills him. And after, immediately after they imprisoned him, they burned all his books in America. We literally had a book burning of all of Wilhelm Reich's books that were out there in publication. They just disappeared. Um, it was imperative that post-war United States of America not hear about UFOs and understand that it's our technology. It's not alien to this planet. It's ours. Nicola came up with it. Now, there is a patent from 2018 assigned to the U.S. Navy, and it describes at microwave frequencies the rotation, you take a rotating magnetic field and you reciprocate it, you oscillate it on its spin axis. And this could easily be accomplished with a homopolar generator of sandwich disks that are rotating without the help of a coil, creating a rotating magnetic field, and then you just oscillate it along its spin axis at a very high frequency, and you create, if you put a pencil tip, imaginary pencil tip in your mind, and attach it to the edge of that homopolar sandwiching of disks, as they spin and reciprocally, reciprocatingly oscillate along its spin axis, you will find yourself drawing a helical path, a sine wave, that oscillates along its spin axis, 
creating the AC sine wave that William Lyne describes has to be projected out in front of the craft or above the craft to neutralize inertia. And then you create a DC path on the opposite side to neutralize the AC path that you've created because now your craft has moved into the AC path, causing it to no longer be in its old position. And so you need a DC path behind you to neutralize that AC path that used to be out in front and now it's behind you because you've moved into what used to be the front of the craft or above the craft if you're trying to move upwards. Um, So we know the patent describes one way of describing the technology. The William line describes the other and Wilhelm Reich exhibits or gives us evidence for something very important. When you're dealing with anti-gravity created by, or the neutralization of inertia for that matter, created by an electromagnetic field, you need an electrostatic field, a very powerful one, to substitute for the coils that you're not going to have in your environment to hold on to this electromagnetic field. Normally, we have motor coils do that for us. We have to raise them to a certain operating voltage and before we can operate the electric motor of our electric car. But for a um, UFO technology, you have to substitute an electrostatic field in place of the coils that you don't get to use because now you've got your electrostatic field rather than a, a coil embodying the electromagnetic field in space that you want to create. And all Wilhelm Reich had to do was create an an ionizing channel of air molecules between the Earth, negative, and the positive cloud to drain out that cloud. Because if you know anything about lightning, before lightning strikes, the pathway it's going to take is an an ionized channel or branch network of ionized molecules of air. And so all he had to do was have a moving body of water run past electrical conduit, metallic conduit you can buy from the hardware store to surround your house wiring if you're a construction worker building a house or a building. And that dips into a moving body of water because you you want to slowly move the ions of charged air molecules out of that cloud and neutralize them. And so you have to have a moving body of water take the charged ions away from the back end of your device and give you fresh molecules of water with which to charge with your new charge as you slowly decharge the cloud surrounding the UFO. And so you've got the Earth, the bare Earth, and on top of that, the moving body of water. And then immersed in that moving body of water, you have one end of your metallic electrical conduit. I think it's usually made of aluminum. The other end of that conduit is connected to the back end of your pipes, and the front end is pointed at the cloud. Now, clouds, in order to form in the first place, especially by a UFO, is going to be positively charged voltage of the cloud and you have to have a minimum humidity of 70% humidity. This is the conditions for chemtrail spraying. In order to chemtrail spray and form a cloud you have to have a minimum humidity of 70% and it has to be positively ionized air mass. Like smog below the inversion layer in San Bernardino County or in LA on a smoggy summer day. It's not unlike the same deal. In fact, the, w- the reason why clouds can form 
water droplets suspended against gravity, such as they do, is because they have two forces going on simultaneously. One is the positive ionization that repels all of the air molecules away from each other due to like charges. The other force that counteracts that force is the tension, the water tension. The water molecules want to pull together. Meanwhile, they're busy being pulled apart by the positive ionization in the cloud. And so you get this, this um, point of in between the two extremes in which the water droplets remain apart from each other just enough to form the cloud and, and, and not be allowed to come together and, unless the cloud reaches ground level. For instance, if it should reach a hill or a mountain, and that has, it has the negative charge of the Earth neutralizing the positive charge of the cloud and you get rain right there at the mountain where it meets with the cloud, not somewhere else necessarily. So when uh, meteorologists want to explain uh, weather formations, they usually talk about humidity and air mass movements, but there's always electricity involved one way or another. And Charles Chandler did this when he explained tornado mechanics. He used an electrical model to do it. But all meteorological events can be explained electrically. And UFOs are no different because they literally are doing what clouds can do. They defy gravity despite their weight. And they do so artificially, and they not only defy gravity, they neutralize inertia. And all of this can be explained electrically. <clears throat> That's why Tesla invented it. That's why it was stolen from him by someone who then passed it to the Germans, unless they're the ones who stole it. And then we acquired it under Operation Paperclip, along with a bunch of Nazi scientists that Truman did not want to enter this country. They did anyway, along with Werner von Braun. And we got all that technology that the Germans had used against us. Now we got it. But we got it sequestered under wraps, proprietary property rights of the U.S. Navy or Department of Defense. Call it what you will. It's private property at this point. And so to say it's government cover-up is an understatement because, just to give you an example, Gabriel Cron boasted, pick any two points in a circuit, any circuit, pick two points in that circuit, and tell him, do you want energy to appear or do you want it to disappear and how much? And he'll do that. His knowledge was so vast, so simple and so elegant that he could do that. He could pick any two nodes in any circuit and make energy seemingly disappear or appear. And yet, all of his knowledge was proprietary knowledge. It was owned by the company that he worked for. So you don't have to look at government cover-up. Yet, at the same token, by the same token, you can listen to uh, President Eisenhower's uh, farewell address in which he says, beware of the military-industrial complex. And so whether or not you call it government cover-up or whether or not you call it proprietary uh, private property is anathema at this point because there's no distinction. It's a cartel. And when you have a cartel between commerce and government, you have fascism. But uh, to call our government uh, a, a, a reincarnation of the Nazi government, 
would not be a vast understatement because our form of government is so flexible you can plug any other form of government into it to make it operational and this is what Gorbachev said to, commented to Ronald Reagan hell you you do you uh, uh, you are free enterprisists uh, do a better job uh, than we do why because you can plug communism into our system of government and it works and we have it we have the purchasing of property left and right. Amtrak. Do you, anybody remember Amtrak? Used to be a private company. Now it's owned by our United States government. Why? Because it's big enough and important enough when it went belly up and bankrupt, our government purchased it. Well, you'll notice that a lot of golf courses are owned by the local city government nearby. Raging Waters, a theme park out in San Dimas in California in San Bernardino County is owned by the County Parks and Recreation Department. When you enter Raging Waters, you have a sign across your entrance. You are entering county property and thus there are certain rules you have to follow according that are county regulated by county codes and regulations. You can't just do as you please because it's not a private enterprise. Raging Waters is sitting in and on county property owned by the county of San Bernardino. And there are a lot of private establishments that are like that. And all the money gets uh, buried in investment pools. And the dividends from the operation of those commercial entities never sees the light of day. It just gets recycled back into the investment pool. And this is a nice way to suck fiat currency out of circulation to prevent hyperinflation because the Federal Reserve is printing money like crazy or asking the U.S. Mint to do it for it on its behalf. <laughs> but it's only 2%. The other 98% is created by banks in the Federal Reserve system. So that's a whole other story. But... You see, there's communism happening in front of our faces. Not to mention the socialism of FDR, the New Deal. I mean, it's just our form of government is so lucky, I should guess you could say, that it's so flexible and open-ended. You can plug anything in, fascism, you name it, it's already there in front of our face and we don't even give credit where credit is due. So that's my take so far on that, listening to that recording, episode number 108, because of the advertisements surrounding that channel uh, having to do with UFOs and extraterrestrials, a bunch of hogwash. You know, Roswell, New Mexico, was a, is, is an embarrassment to the United States military intelligence because... A bunch of crackpots out on some army base in Roswell, New Mexico, decided they were going to pull a stunt. And they literally used rhesus monkeys, I believe it was, in little outfits and called them aliens and threw garbage out in the middle of the desert and called it a crash. And the Pentagon was so totally embarrassed because they don't allow thing lo things like that to happen. When they want... A UFO event to be cited, they get script writers from Hollywood, professionals, to write a script, just for starters. And they don't stop there. They set up the opposite camp of non-believers, so that there's a controversy between the two camps. I mean, they've got ridiculous stuff going on, abductions and crop circles and cattle mutilations, you name it, they do it, because God forbid we should realize that it's our technology 
Originally, Nikola Tesla. <laughs> 